As you can see from the title, this episode covers all things politics and was recorded on the 6th of July. However, on the 7th of July, everything changed with Mr. Johnson resigning. So, uh, makes a difference. We reference the fact that everything was changeable in the episode anyway, and it still makes a bloody good listen because all of the points are relevant, particularly when it comes to the human side of property and your own microeconomy. So, don't worry about that. Whether he's in or out, it's a bloody good listen. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Property Jam. This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. Hello. Hello. And welcome to another episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And this week it is the three of us uh, again. Um, but don't be, don't despair. We do have some guests coming next week. So um, for now, we have just been chatting about what we wanted to talk about. And there's a lot of stuff happening out there in the world of politics. So yeah, we've just spent 15 minutes kind of going around and trying to work out what on earth is going to happen with with politics and how that can affect housing and what we do as landlords and uh, and investors and developers. Um, so yeah, we just thought we'd talk about this today. Um, not necessarily sure whether we're going to get any conclusions or answers but uh you know i think we thought let's just have the conversation from the microphone as we normally do mm. so what is happening in the world of politics today well we're recording um on uh, on wednesday just before the monday where this is going to go out and uh, so very aware that things might change between now and uh, when you're listening to this um but as we as we uh, know it uh, rishi sunak and um the other one Sajid Javed has, has uh, just resigned. Yeah. So we've got a new cabinet this morning, um, which has prompted this discussion. Um, yeah. Thoughts, guys? Let's go to Niall. Do you have any thoughts? Well, I, I don't normally watch the news um, or follow what's happening um, in the media in general. But as I was watching TV last night, I kept getting these notifications through. Yes. Pop-ups on my phone saying this has happened or that's happened. So I did have a quick look at what the hell was going on. Um, and I saw a brief uh, interview where they had these news panelists on. I think it might have been the Andrew Marr show. I can't remember what one he's doing now in the afternoon or evenings. But they were like, that's it. Boris is out. He has to go. There is no option. He cannot stay. Um, and then this morning, Boris is staying by the looks of it and not going anywhere. So it's just, to me, it's just... Um, another thing for them to shout about for them to sell papers to start create starting a bit of a frenzy um in the general public about what's going on in the media and in the government at the end of the day does it really make a massive difference to our day-to-day lives no i i don't think i don't think so and in fact sometimes you know, stability actually is better than you know, politicians getting distracted by leadership challenges and all of this. Mm-hmm. You know, we're about to head into summer break. Um, part of me thinks actually just let them get on with it because um, they've got they've got a lot of things going on at the moment which you kind of don't want them to drop the ball on. Yeah, and I think it's it's Boris is a stubborn bugger. <laughs> he he's <laughs> not going to go anywhere anytime soon. Like he, even though he is very unpopular, he still had the majority vote a few weeks ago or a few months ago, whenever it was. Yeah. Um, so even though people were saying at that point he should have gone because it was a low majority, 
still a majority. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but I I think this is the start of a very slippery slope for him, I suspect. Mm. Because start. <laughs> well, <laughs> did it did it not start when the pandemic started? <laughs> well, that 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 kind of goes to the point I'm making is like so you know how historically he has been compared to Winston Churchill. You know, he's got that whole belligerent, adamant, get the country back on its feet, off of its knees kind of approach. And he feels like a crisis prime minister to me. And now that I know we're not in the smoothest of times, but relatively speaking, compared to COVID, we are, you know, and I don't I just think the true colours are coming to light now. He is better in a crisis than he is in plain sailing and I think um, in much the same way as Rishi was like a crisis manager in the way you know with all of his kind of you know furlough Mm -hmm. schemes and all the rest of it it's not this economy isn't suiting them and I think it's not I think Rishi as a chancellor could have weathered any financial storm you know he seems quite adept whereas Boris Johnson is kind of it just constantly feels like he's ruffling feathers looking for drama and I think his steady state cabinet have just gone enough this this is not what we can work with we can't tolerate it and if your government lose confidence in you as a leader you know as it's only one way this is going to go really so Churchill did not want to resign as prime minister he didn't want to but you know he was actually forced in the election you know because no one voted for him after the world war was over because he had satisfied his role and i just think even if boris holds on i don't think we'll have him for much longer in the future it's interesting because actually um when i first heard that the two guys are going um i thought okay we'll see a waterfall of resignations but but actually the the cabinet held fast and actually it's only two yes it might be two of the most important ones but it's only two and with my cynical head on, they probably resign so they can start their leadership challenges. Possibly. It could be strategic on their part. I, 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 I could think be it's strategic, probably strategic. Yeah, but Rishi Sunak has been quite controversial in the media recently as well, though. Which is why, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of guessing a little bit here. But yeah, Sunak and Rishi and um, um, Sajid seem quite pally. I wonder whether they've formed a pact to both resign for Sajid to go for number 10 and Rishi to support him as deputy. That way around. To, to follow in the footsteps of Boris. Who, potentially who that way. Yeah, uh, yeah, potentially that way around because of, of Rishi's, um, uh, as you said, what, what you, whatever you call them, Niall, but his, you know, his controversial. Con- controversial, uh, yeah. It's possible that people wouldn't vote for him, but maybe vote for them as a pair. But I think people have very short-term memories as well. I appreciate that what's going on in, in cabinet and everything is a bit of a, a bit of a shit show at the minute. But it wasn't that long ago when everyone was singing Rishi Sunak's praises because he was handing out money for furlough. He had reduced the cost of uh, beer and to get people back into the pubs. They were offering um, discounts and vouchers and stuff as well. Um, and now that that's all forgotten about. I don't, I don't know whether it is. I I, I think. And I think he will probably be more remembered for that than mm. for the, a couple of things his wife did, but then and then paid back. Yeah, you know, like yeah, I, I, for me, I'm not party political in any way, anyway. Yeah. So it's um, yeah, just playing devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah I don't know. It, it it does feel like 
that what's going on here is um, the party actually wants Boris to stay because he need, because um, he can take all the slack, you know, take all the crap that's been going on right now, mm. and then leading into the next general election, I think when there's another when they're allowed to have another vote of confidence, I think they'll have one. Um, at that point, he'll go. They'll get that's someone right. in who will take them into the next general election. That's and right. Depending on who that person is, they'll probably win that one. Yeah, mm. I, that's, that's what I think. I think it's when I say slippery slope, I think it's quite a long one. You know, yeah. like I, I think um, I think at the moment it's better the devil you know, isn't it? Um, and the thing is with with Bojo, love him or loathe him, the man can handle stormy weather mm. because he's got that kind of indifference to it. You know, he's got that ability to just kind of go, oh, well, you know, yeah, all right, fine. And just crack on anyway. Um, And I think at the moment where everything in the economy is so uncertain, having somebody who's just certain of their own, even dare I say it, inability at times is, is, is preferable. You don't want another massive uncertainty. Um, Um, So I think they're just sticking better the devil you know. Yeah. I reckon they've probably got, He's probably got almost almost a year because the, um, uh, the next general election is what May 2024. So yeah, actually maybe he's probably just got the rest of this year, and then he's got six months um, before he can get re um, before they have another vote, no confidence. So I reckon as, as soon as that's over, that's the time. I reckon yeah. it'll be. He's got, six, he's got five months left. I reckon. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. So I mean in terms of the the property market and what oh yeah that's why we're here property yeah oh, yeah, yeah 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 we should probably talk about that <laughs> i'm just like but you know like in terms of all this kerfuffle it feels like a kerfuffle um I, will it have an impact i suspect not um, i think it's, it's it's a distraction yeah um i think what if we think about what's going to happen we've got let's say we've got six months of boris and his existing cabinet yeah. so we've got a new chancellor the new chancellor is where things could have an impact of what he decides to do. Okay. Um, and he's been selected by Boris now. Um, and he's, a, as you say, Rishi, more of a crisis chancellor. You know, they're wanting to cut taxes. They're wanting to, you know, uh, you know, potentially borrow money to invest more, to, to showboat. So, so Boris is trying, is going to want a showboat to try and of course. Yeah. Um, return. And if he, he needs money to do that. So, um, they've so, so what's happening in the economy is that inflation's massive, which then means that the revenue from the government is increased because it's a percentage of that. So actually, they've got money to spend, so they could t- they could cut taxes, um, they could reinvest, they could even borrow to do more projects to do to to, to be seen to be helping more. Um, if they borrow more, that could help exacerbate the problems that we've currently got um where it comes to um uh, yeah, the, yeah well, well leading towards uh, maybe more of a, a hard hit recession um but uh, yeah we, we're not in a recession as of uh, we know of as of today may well be by the time um, we hit we, we, this episode comes out but um Yay! Um, but again, we talked about. Have we talked about that in the previous? Yeah, podcast? we talked. We talked about recessive times versus yeah, the booming property market and how weird that is. Yeah, we did, and, and um, yeah, and that's the same thing. Like, um, I don't think that the change, the changes right now, are going to have a huge impact. They are a distraction, and in fact, yeah, there are a couple of bills 
in Parliament at the moment, which have a big impact on what we do, which is the Regeneration Leveling Up Bill and the Renters Reform Bill. Mm. Yeah, those two are going uh, going ahead. Um, and there are some good things in those. There's some bad things in those as well. Um, but there are some good things in there, which would be quite nice to see come to fruition. Um, so last thing you want is, you know, just toing throwing. Yeah. To, to distract MPs from doing their job of, of passing legislation and amending legislation. Yeah, yeah. I, I suspect that actually, yeah, this kerfuffle, as we say, won't won't affect those massively. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think you, you, I don't think it, you just have to look at your own personal, or sorry, manage your own personal um, economy, if you like. Look after yourself because there are always going to be things like this popping up all the time. We've, over the past few years, it's just been one thing after another. But we're all still here. We're all still doing what we do. We all just weather the storm. This is it. My dad rang me. I, I can't remember if I said this on a couple of episodes ago. He rang me because I'm in the borough of Wandsworth, right? And uh, he rang me and went, oh, he said, Wandsworth has gone red. And I was like, uh-huh. Yeah, it's gone labour. I was like, yeah. He's like, well, <laughs> I was like, Dad, this doesn't change my life in any way. I've got no comment. She's like, oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. I was like, um, I really wanted to give him something. I, I couldn't give him anything. I was just like, OK. He's like, well, council tax is going up. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. And even if it did, you know, being like the second cheapest in the country, I'll survive. You know, <laughs> like, it's just... Yeah, it's really, um, it's a perception thing. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Worthing went red. Yeah. Do you know, I don't even have a clue. <laughs> You're, are you yellow pink? what it is. No idea. Uh, it could I don't be pink for all I know. I'd love if it was pink. <laughs> Talking of pink, Niall and I went to Pride Parade on Saturday. We had a fantastic time. London Pride. We did. Yeah. We did. Yeah, no, it was really cool. There. No politics there. It was uh, it was great, and um, but it's so funny. You um, you know you're at Pride when you're trying to navigate through crowds because it must have taken us like an hour and a half just to get from Trafalgar Square to the Ritz Hotel where we're, we're meeting friends. And uh, you know, any kind of other kind of festival or big event when people are kind of trying to squeeze past you, everyone gets annoyed, you know, and they're in kind of little convoys and holding hands. Everyone's pissed off. Not like that at all. At Pride, you're like squeezing past people, and it's just like, oh, love your eyeshadow. Oh, those shoes has fab you know the whole way it was just so great it was just yeah you wouldn't have known there was any drama going on in parliament at pride on saturday it was fabulous oh and even we saw um what's his face little man um what's the, what's the name mayor of london what's his name Oh my God! He um, lives Khan, Khan. Yeah, Sadiq Khan. He lives forced to Khan. Khan. Yeah. So um, yeah, he's a very little man. So yeah, he was there. Was... Actually, yeah. I was, I, as we were talking about politics, the um, there's a guy who lives in the building next to this, and I met him yesterday. He was at about three or four prides over the past two months, and one of them was in the US. I want to say Chicago. Uh-huh. No, San Francisco, sorry. San oh Francisco my God, I've Pride. done San Francisco. Oh no, I haven't. And he was like, it was so political. Oh. Like, everyone and anyone that was in government, the mayor was marching, the um, politicians were marching, everybody was trying to get their face into the into the parade. 
um, from a political point of view, just to be seen. Because the London parade, uh, parade was completely different. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, on the way to uh, dropping Emmy off at nursery this, uh, today, um, walked past the a couple of parks because it's Worthing Pride on this weekend. And um, one of them was completely fenced off when he said, creating safe LGBTQ plus spaces. I was like, what's that, what's that a prison? Are you, you going to fence them all in? It's bizarre. We're going to be caged in. Keep those gays behind bars where they belong. <laughs> but, it, but it read as if like, that there was no other safe space. God <laughs> <laughs> forbid they walk on the streets free, like, you know. <laughs> Guaranteed there'll be a party behind that fence that you won't want to miss. Oh, that's what we were saying. We were saying because the parade in London was six hours long, wasn't it, Nile? It was between 12 and 6. And London really did do itself proud. And um, you know, I was just thinking, like, if you want to find the fun place in any organization, it's definitely the LGBTQ plus crowd. Like that's that's who you've got to hang out with because you will. You'll just have this complete free riot of like liberation and fun. <laughs> we were like, it was one big office party, it was great. It was, but I think we we kind of showed, showed our age a little bit on Saturday, though, Joe, as well. It's come oh. nine o'clock, we were both like, oh, I'm really tired now, I want to go home. I know, <laughs> we, was, we were so useless, and we were like, oh. Um... There's too many people, the crowd's too big. <laughs> it was, it was like finding a toilet was too difficult, and like, you know, we'd sort of stop drinking, and yeah, normally let's I'm... Go, just... Let's go home and watch the rest of it on TV. Yeah, is that, that, it was... That's it pretty was much that. what it did, yeah. Oh. To be, to be fair, though, it was rammed i have never seen it so busy 50 years though yeah. yeah it was ridiculous absolutely yeah. ridiculous yeah so we uh we 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 it was great yeah it's just like politics did not affect pride politics will not affect property i mean it can that's the problem um but it's uh for the minute i don't think it's going to although well, no, i did see on on social media um that there were quite a few protesters at pride that i didn't even notice were there Oh, but they're always there, aren't they? And they're the ones oh, they're that sit on the corner. They're normally they're normally down by, um, sort of as they turn into Trafalgar Square, like you come down like uh, Haymarket or whatever. And okay. they're normally just sat on the corner, and they've got their it was like a whole cluster of them, and they've got their signs, you know, like um, it's you know Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, and all this sort of thing, you know, yeah. and there's quotes from the Bible and stuff. And but what I love is the LGBTQ plus community response to it because they'll just stand in front of them and like just have a big fuck snog and just be like, nah, you know, and just like it's kind of all, it's never turned into trouble. Um, no. I think the, there was a cast of, you've ever, have you seen the series Hearts? Is it Heartstopper? Heartstopper, oh my God. It's an amazing series, but they were just literally just dancing their asses off in front of them. Good. <laughs> yeah, good. That's what it deserves. It's, uh, yeah, it's no, no, I mean, there's space for free speech. Like, they have the right to be there and like, you know, if that's your, if that's your worldview, do your thing. Uh, but you know what? You're outnumbered on a day like that. I mean, to, to be honest, it's, it takes balls <laughs> to, to come to a pride event aye, and start yeah. protesting like that against it. Absolutely. Mm. I wonder if we applied the same thing to property like this. You know, Matt, Matt's kind of like flying the flag for like this council tax battle at the moment with um, shared housing. And I just wonder if you stood on a corner and had a sign, Matt, and yelled like outside Parliament. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, we have we have discussed whether um, protesting outside uh, number 10 is the right thing to do. Um, but uh, no, our, our, our protestations are definitely behind closed doors, which seems to be getting more traction than yeah. um, 
putting it out there in the mainstream media, which it will go, which it has is already in. Um, but uh, yeah, we're not pushing it hard, hard in the mainstream mm. media um, because we think the change can happen quite easily if they want it to. Yeah, they could, if they play ball, it should be quite a smooth thing because it's actually not that difficult, is it, to change? No, no, no. We've already um, got the you know, the wording. In fact, see, we've got some. Uh, yeah, we've got some kind of legislation which we're um, looking to get proposed to legislation, well, to the regeneration leveling up bill. Um, so we're just aiming to get that in um, to see whether the committee will consider it and add it into the bill. And if they do, then that should capture all rooms in licensed HMOs. The way that we've written it is say that no room in a licensed HMO can be considered a dwelling for council tax. Um, whether they've got so, and no room that's just got it's just a bedroom no room that's a bedroom with washing facilities um if it's a room that's not in a licensed hmo that's got cooking and washing facilities then it would be a dwelling but i don't see that exact situation happening very often because it doesn't need to be over a certain size for that to be considered a dwelling like the minimum space no, standards not, no it's not um it's not a planning thing it's literally considered a dwelling for council sack because you've got this you know loads of historic flats which are well under minimum space standards so they those need to be all captured um as separate dwellings um but it's if, if it is a you know you know a room which is not self-contained you can't live in it it's part of an hmo it should not be considered for for council tax a separate dwelling um and that is what the regardless of the you know the type of occupancy whether it's short term long term etc so um, or an AST or a license so that's all been captured um, and it does it should clarify everything um, so fingers crossed um, that that will go through you know, it, it, literally these are the weeks these couple of weeks um, where we can make this change um, yeah and I'm just thinking like in response to this you know I was thinking about the, pol the political perspective on on that proposition like I can't see how whether the 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 tie was like yellow blue or red how there there would be a political um opposition to this do you know what i mean like i'm trying to see like what whose agenda politically would that go again I, I don't think it serves any political agenda to no. keep it out um but it's not the politicians that we're worried about. It's the civil servants. Yeah. It's the people pulling the strings that are whispering in their ears saying, this isn't your problem. Don't, you don't need to do this. Um, I don't know what their, their agenda is either. Um, but um, mm -hmm. the politicians do have the power to do it regardless mm -hmm. of what um, they're told by civil servants. So um, it, there are, yeah, there are a couple of civil servants in particular that are causing problems, which um, we are, uh, which we're just trying to drown them out by giving more and more evidence as to why this is a problem and the minister can just tell the civil servant where to go um but the minister has been the minister for not very long and uh still learning on the job still learning on the job and where do they get their learnings from the civil servants because uh, the, the, the mainstay is that the people have been there for ages and so <laughs> Okay, so if I mean I'm just I'm completely doing a, a broad brush um, generalization here, but would 
would the opposition to something like this from a civil servant perspective be a personal one in the sense that it's quite it, it sort of falls in line with that anti-landlord you know is it that or is it what what is the what could the opposition be is, is what I'm trying to understand it's always it could be it's always been like that it's not a problem it, right it could so. just be literally someone who's it's, it's always been like that or someone's taken this decision because actually this helps my my stats my figures over here so someone over here, someone over here is helping me so for example housing numbers are fudged because of this um yeah so, so we're, we're creating new homes by um classing rooms as yeah well. of course um, and that can that can help someone else in a different department so maybe they're saying oh if you scratch my scratch my back i'll scratch yours um sure. so someone, someone might be lobbying to say but do you know what i don't think it is that i think it's more cock up versus you know rather than a conspiracy um, I think someone somewhere has gone, oh, this is the right way to go. And everyone else is going, yeah, of course, this is the right way to go. You know, it even says it on the VOA's website that a, a room in a HMO should be classed as a dwelling. Um, and which, again, we know is not necessarily how the, the law can be read. It can be read in many ways. So um, hopefully with a bit of clarification. You know, we just, if you want to know more about this, um, go back and listen to the episode. We had Darren Brewer on a few episodes ago. We talked about this in a bit more detail, but uh, things have moved on since then and have progressed. I've been learning loads about how laws are passed and how legislation works um, and the, the politics of it. You know, you've got three readings of a bill it goes into committee. Um, you've, you've got this report stage where it's all debated in Parliament and then you get a finalised bill and then it goes to House of Lords and goes to that whole stage again. You know, three readings. So first reading is the formality. Second reading, people suggest amendments, I believe. <laughs> So, and then it goes to committee, then it goes to the, goes, it comes back and people suggest further amendments, then, then, then it's the final one gets agreed. And then you have that final reading, then it goes back to the House of Commons, they have to agree it, or, or any amendments. Then you can go back and forth between the Commons and the Lords. And then once it's all agreed, then um, it, that, at that point it can go get royal assent. And they've got, they've got a bill tracker on the website. Um, on the on parliament website so um, you can literally track what's going on they minute every single meeting so we've been going in there and minuting because because we've been sending loads of messages you know we've, we've, we've been uh, lobbying the committee that's basically what, our, what we're doing so far is lobbying the leveling up and regeneration committee um, so they can add this in so they understand the problem so those 17 people have got the power to change change the law um, regardless of everyone else um, so um we're just waiting to hear whether they actually debate it or not um so um watch this space fascinating i mean it's i say fascinating i switched off and started taking photographs of social media while you were talking okay? and i saw that I, I, i'm i don't know this is definitely a a, a matt's brain thing it's, uh... well i was i was literally thinking the same thing um it's definitely something that's right up your street it's ideas it's... isn't it and it's changed yeah. it's like all the stuff that floats your boat and like yeah it's but it's important i mean you need your voice on stuff like this because it has it does have such a huge impact on on our industry um so i think it's great what you and darren are doing i'm just glad it's you doing it not me <laughs> Well, um, there is a whole committee there as well. So not, not to forget the others, there's seven of us in total yeah. um, that are pushing this forward, that are working together. It has very been much, it's very much been a team effort um, spearheaded by Darren. So, um, and he is definitely passionate about it. He's like a, 
a dog with a bone when it comes to this. I love that, but you need it with this, don't you? Yeah. Because no one else is going to care about it in the same nobody way. Nobody cares. Literally, nobody cares. None of the that none of the really surprised groups. me. Yeah. yeah, you'd think people would be up in arms about this, but it's... even on the webinar you guys did last week about it, like listening to or not listening because we weren't talking, but there were lots of chat messages coming through of questions and stuff, and the responses from people that are apparently in the industry and managing properties or renting properties the questions that they were asking and the solutions they were coming up to were the were complete rubbish yeah i just don't get it well if we can if we can get this um sorry when we get this changed yes there'll be the um <laughs> darren i've wanted the conversation okay what else can we get sorted <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. can you go for can you go for stamp duty next, please? <laughs> um, yeah, that yeah. There's, there's, I think I think it's finding a thing where there'll be political will to change it. Yeah, so it's, it's the common sense approaches and common sense um, answers, solutions to problems that politicians would never think of, but only an entrepreneur who's in who's in the industry can think of. Yeah, that's so, the thing. you're doing the you're doing the hard work for them. You're kind of like identifying the problem and then offering up a solution to get approved. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. You know, we would keep doing that, you know. Yeah. Um, we've had, um, over the past couple of weeks, we've had, because we're now that we're so aware of this, we're obviously making housemates aware before they move in as well. Yeah. Just in case that this this could potentially happen. Um, and it's, we've I'm actually starting now to get questioned as well from housemates because other people are doing the same thing. So they'll go to do a viewing with a landlord and the landlord will tell them or the agent will tell them that they may get banded and have to pay their own council tax. And then they'll try somebody else to see if they're saying the same thing and eventually just go with the person that says, no, no, it's fine. And could still oh, end up getting really? Yeah. Yeah, I've had a couple do that. They're like, oh, we're going to go with somebody else because they're not going to, they're not worried about the council tax bit. I'm like, well, <laughs> that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Yeah, because you're not saying it is. You're just saying, heads up, this could be a thing. Like, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and, and, and that is. Yeah, obviously that's affecting our ability to fill those rooms. Yeah. Um, and it could happen, but... Um, is, is it, I mean, truth be told, because is it worth saying? Because, you know, like, you, you're kind of... Are, are you doing yourself a disservice there? Because if you're almost sort of assuming responsibility on their behalf to respond to it, uh, you mm. know, like, because... Well, I, get, I get where you're coming from. I just don't want to be underhand with it or like cloak and dagger because we know that this is a it's a big potential in the area that we're in that they could get rebanded so i don't want them to come to me in three months time and say hang on a minute we were not aware of this but it's not your fault is what i'm it's saying it's not our fault no 100 it's not our fault but the landlord's always the bad one it's always the landlord that will get because they're paying the rent we're supposed to be paying the council tax and then suddenly we're not so they'll be expecting a massive reduction in the rent to compensate for the extra costs whereas in reality we can't reduce the rent that much for every single tenant otherwise it just doesn't work yeah so yeah there's an interesting point there about um council tax and being included in the rent and um i think potentially you just say it's uh, all bills included except council tax and then your contribution to council tax is x on top of your rent and then if that if it gets rebanded then you say well now the contribution is why that way it's net the accounts tax was never included in the rent mm. 
yeah keep it separate I think that's because it's 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 like well this is not a thing that this is just an add-on this is not something that you know is is part of what we do but if it does get rebounded we can't pay the council tax on their behalf anyway so yeah no no so, so think, they, could, they couldn't they wouldn't be sending us the money for the council tax they would have to pay the council directly so right now is I don't know how that would work because you would need to have a named person on the council tax bill no, I mean, we, as, as in like the, the landlord, I think, still pays the council tax, but you just say it's a different charge. And um, you say so they still send over one amount, which would be, let's say the rent is 650 and the council tax portion is 30 quid or 15 quid, whatever, whatever the, their contribution is. So you say you send us 665, but the but the rent is 650 and the council tax and of which 15 pounds is the council tax yeah but that's what i mean if it gets rebanded we can't pay the council tax on their behalf they have to pay the council directly do they not not us correct so they stop paying so, us 15 pounds and then they say so they continue paying their rent at 650 and then the and then they instead of paying us they pay the the, the council when they get the bill so um, they just yeah but but in their minds it's two separate things even though we get the same it's so, so yes, it's very clearly stated on in the tenancy agreement that it's six fifty rent and then fifteen pounds for council tax, um, which essentially is variable. Mm. It's yeah, you know, it's just managing those those expectations um, because in our I think in our tenancy agreements it it, it says um, that if it gets rebanded that the tenant's liable anyway. Yeah, it does say that in there. Yeah. Some people, some people read it. Some people don't. This is what I mean. I, I just wonder if you're doing yourself a disservice because it's written in black and white there, and it is on them to kind of you know read the small print. Are you doing yourself a disservice by kind of being so upfront with it? When if you're going to get the blame irrespective of it, because we always do, you know, mm-hmm. whether you've given them a heads up or whether you haven't, you're still going to get the blame. So what I'm saying is, is it not something you can just keep to the contract? And if somebody raises it as a question, you can respond. Because if it's if it's causing, I mean, I don't know to what extent it's causing you to not be able to fill the rooms, but I would suggest that it's not. If look, if you were in the if you were in the driving seat on the decision making around this, then I would say you need to be really upfront about it. But if it's already included in the AST, and if it's you know not something that you are in control of, you're almost putting yourself on the back foot unnecessarily, because otherwise we could say 101 things that could go wrong with you know. Uh, the, the rents you know the changes you know we, we you could say oh by the way um section 21 um is going to be abolished which totally works for you guys so let's get let's get into the nuance of that you don't you just don't need to tell people do you know what but i mean it's, it's, it's like saying um because energy bills are going up your rent right. might your, your rent might go up in six months right but it also might not right and, and that's my point it's like these are external factors that they autonomously have to deal with you know that you are not responsible for so I, d- I actually don't know how much of a service you're doing yourself um beyond the contract hmm. just putting it out there. it's just a thought i, I mean yeah I- yeah no it's good to, it's good to get someone else's opinion on it yeah yeah I, I i just wouldn't mention it and it's 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 down to them to read the contract and question it if if they're reading the small print you know um it depends it depends how many people are are turning away right because of it because they're ending up in you know different quality com- we know we have high quality accommodation um so um and we will deal with it as ethically as we can when the, if that happens and we get rebanded 
Mm -hmm. uh, well, uh, up until quite when the law changes, of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, well. Yeah. So, um, so, 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 yeah, we, we, we'll, we'll see um, how, how, how we go with that. But um, yeah, as, as we know, the council, the, the, the council's less likely to get their money anyway, because what will happen is they'll backdate the council tax as well. They'll charge it to the tenant, and the tenant's then just going to say, actually, no. Why am I going to pay if that two thousand pounds worth of council tax um, doesn't make any sense? So what they'll do instead is they'll move out, and then they'll go somewhere else. Yeah. We'll mm -hmm. just refill the room, and the council won't get the money. It's bizarre. Anyway, yeah, what a waste yeah, of effort. We need to revisit this. <laughs> Yeah, I know it's such a big topic and it's such a hot topic and it links to, well, it links to the kind of governmental thing. It's very political. Yeah. It's political, yeah. It's got at the moment because it's, yeah. you know, it's a reform. So, um, yeah, there's a lot. But, yeah, all the other stuff, going back to the start of the conversation with Bojo and uh, Sajid and, and Rishi, it's all like, oh, God, you know, drama. I don't think I've got, I've got time for drama. No, too busy, too busy. Too busy worrying about our own stuff. We've got plenty going on without worrying about Bojo. You get me. So in hindsight, um, if you've listened all the way through this episode, just ignore the, ignore it. <laughs> it's been completely pointless. Um, just deal with your own shit. Yeah. Carry on regardless. Yes. <laughs> keep, keep calm and carry on because um, this probably won't affect you in, in many ways. Um, not today anyway. No, not today. But for next week, it could have all hit the fan. And we'll be back here thinking, uh-oh. Most last words. We're like, it's fine. So this, this week, keep, keep calm and carry on. So I yeah. think yeah. With, with, with that, I think we've put politics to bed, <laughs> we've put property to bed, and we've put pride to bed. So, um, yeah, that's it. That's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more on facebook search property jam podcast or you can follow us on instagram at property jam podcast or you can email us at property jam podcast at outlook.com see, see you on the next, next episode, episode.